just kind of talk about whatever. And so what I wanted to do this morning in just a few minutes when we do our, our message, I want, to, I want to talk to you a little bit about kind of where we're at in the building, refresh us on even why we're doing that. But more than that, I want to talk about sharing our life this morning. And so I would guess that there's a number of you that, like, you came to know Jesus Christ, or maybe you came to Windover Hills because somebody shared their life with you. And we're going to talk through that a little bit as it uh, is taught us in uh, the Lord's Word, specifically in the book of Thessalonians. And so we'll do that in just a little while. But hey, I want to share with you a few things that are going on. If you've got uh, a card next to you, just grab one of these cards uh, for a second, whether you're new with us or uh, whether you've uh, been with us forever. I- I want to just walk through a couple things and the way you can communicate with us back using this card. Number one is our starting point class is on July 9th. Now, what's starting point? That's the class that we invite everyone who's kind of semi-new to the church to come and to learn more about what God is doing here at Windover Hills, how you can plug in, um, just what, uh, what the church has to offer, and, and in return, like, how would, how would you get, get well connected with what God is doing here? So that's on July 9th. It's right after church. We do a lunch, and we provide child care and all that kind of stuff. So if you're new over the last several months, uh, even new today, we invite you to come to a starting point on July 9th. You can just take this card, and on back, you know, give us your name, and just write starting point on there, and we'll know what that means, and we'll connect with you about that. Uh, on July 16th, the week after that, is our baptism service, and so we've been talking with a few of you about baptism already, uh, and we would love to baptize you. If you've never stood and publicly declared your faith in Jesus Christ, it's a wonderful time, and it's a high-energy celebration here at Windover Hills when we do baptism, and so we'd love to baptize you. Just take the card, write baptism on the back. We know what that means. We'll connect with you and talk with you uh, a little about that. Now, just recently we had our first uh, summer fun night, kind of a connection time for the, the church family, opportunity to invite friends as well. And our second one is coming up on July 14th. It's a movie night in the grass in front of my house, uh, which was great fun last summer. And so we want to invite all of you to come. Now, last year we did big... Uh, was a hot dog bar. This year we're going to do a pizza night. And so we just invite you to just come and enjoy it. This is an easy invite too. So if you have a neighbor, a coworker, somebody in your family, you would say, I'd love to invite them just to meet some of these church family people. That's a great night to just sit around and watch a movie. And so you'll see the information's uh, on there as well. Hey, one last thing. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, but I want to highlight it again. Uh, We don't have to tear down today, which is a blessing, which means we don't have to set up next week. But starting next Sunday for the month of July, we'll need to set up and tear down uh, after, after uh, church because they'll be doing summer school here. And what we were saying is we have some people that have been faithful uh, for some of them for years as we've been in this location for four years that have been here every Sunday morning to set up and to tear down. Tear, actually, tear down's pretty easy because you're all here. Um, and if I just kind of stand in the doorway, you know, you feel kind of guilty and you move some chairs around, right? But uh, not as easy at 8.30 in the morning. So we were wanting to give those folks about four weeks off, right? And uh, so I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. We had one of you sign up, so I appreciate that. Uh, but I know there's about seven more of you that would say for four weeks, I can do that. I can get up a little early. I can be here. I can set up. And uh, it really takes about an hour, and then you can run, grab your breakfast, and come back for church, uh, that kind of thing. So if you would, take the card and just write setup over there, July setup. We'll know what that means, and we'll connect with you this week about that. Sound good? All right. Now you need to wake up a little. So I'm going to let you stand up now, if you would. Move around. Say good morning to somebody. Get your energy flowing, and, uh, and then we'll get into our teaching in just a few minutes.
All right, church, if you'll make your way back. There will be plenty of time to finish your conversations at Rio Grande later. Hey, so we are uh, just finished our Family Matters series last week. If you missed any of those uh, teachings the last five weeks, I want to encourage you, wendoverhills.org. You can go and you can pick up uh, any of those teachings if you happen to miss. Now, it's summer months, and I mean, judging from where I'm standing from, I can tell it's summer months, and uh, the vacations start to roll in. Um, So if you miss anything this summer, I want to remind you of two things. One, you can always listen to the teachings online uh, at the website, wendoverhills.org, and you can always do your online giving, uh, staying up with, with that, and your building pledges online as well. In fact, many people are finding it's just easier to do that, period, whether you're here or not. So... Uh, you'll find that all on the website, and it's uh, pretty easy to walk through that. It's right there on the front page, so it'd be good. Now, next week, uh, Pastor Anson's going to be uh, back. He's actually on his uh, 22nd wedding anniversary this weekend, so um, I told him he could have one day off, uh, so choose it wisely. Now, he's, he's gone for, for the weekend, and so that's nice for them. Uh, next week, though, uh, Many of you know my father-in-law, Robert Bickard, who's been with us and helped us with discipleship here, but he turns 80 years old today. Um, And so next week we're going to be up uh, celebrating uh, his 80 years. And uh, really his celebration is a little party, and then he jumps on a plane and heads to the Philippines for almost a year. So uh, they're right back at it at 80 doing ministry work, uh, so it's pretty inspiring. So I'll be gone next week. Pastor Anson will be uh, bringing that word, so it'll be, a, it'll be some good times. But then after that, let me just highlight what we're going to do for the, the five weeks after that. We're going to be walking through this series. If you remember last summer, we had fun with a series called At the Movies. Uh, and we're going to continue that this summer. Uh, but for us 40-year-olds, uh, we thought this summer we're going to go At the Movies 80s edition. And so we're going to be focusing, we're going to have fun with that theme. But really, the, the teachings are going to be about some of our some of our core beliefs, some of our disciplines of our faith, like baptism and the Sabbath and communion. And so for five weeks, we're going to work through those, and we're just going to kind of have fun with the movie themes as well. There might even be a little bit of dress-up on stage. Um, Warning, just a warning for you. So if you need to dust off some of your bright white pants, or men, if you need to practice how to fold your jeans again— might be good for that series, and, and we'll, have, we'll have fun. Plenty of hair product for the ladies to tease up their hair, Hades style. It's going to be really exciting. Hey, Thessalonians chapter 1 is where we're going to be, and I want to highlight a passage in just a minute. Um, but let me pray for you, and then uh, let's jump into it. Father, thank you for this morning. Um, Father, I want to pray, if there be anyone in here, that the whole concept of sharing our life with other people intentionally is new or has been rejected. This would be a morning, Lord, that that your spirit would just speak in a fresh way and we would go out energized to do just that because you're the one that taught us how to do it in the first place. I give you praise in your son's name. Amen. Well, hey, if you didn't know we're building a building, did you know that? Now, if you're down at the property right now, um, it, it may not look like that uh, because there's a lot of wood piled up and seemingly it's not going anywhere the last couple of weeks, but it's been a bit wet and hopefully we'll get some dry weather and there'll be some movement on that. Uh, we're building a permanent home. It's the first permanent home uh, that, that we have had that, that we'll own and uh, we're pretty excited about that. Um, 
And in fact, uh, you may know this, but if you haven't put the two and two together, um, when we move into our permanent home later in this fall, uh, we won't be setting chairs up every week, like coming early in the morning and setting chairs up. Now, a couple of you set up team, I thought that might get an amen and excitement, but uh, um, we, like, we won't be doing that. Afterwards, you won't have to take chairs down and and move them. Uh, probably, uh, you know, I won't be calling on you to go down the hallways of this school and to move uh, all the desks and furniture into the hallways and things like that. Th- those would be gone. At, at 12.30, when I have to turn out the lights um, and say, hey, we got to, you know, we got to move on out of here. We got a rental time and, and it's up. So, um, and you know, you're still in here conversing and having a good old time, um, uh, which, is, which is awesome to see. Uh, uh, we won't have to close the doors at 12.30 in the morning. I mean, we can, did I say in the morning? Anymore, that's what I meant. Um, we can leave those open. Of course, I'm leaving to go to lunch, so you can lock up, but, uh, but we can stay. We can open those doors on Tuesday night for a time of Bible study or for a time of celebrate recovery or for whatever the Lord puts on our heart to say, use this building for that purpose. We'll be able to do that, and we're limited. We're limited now. But, hey, as excited as we are, I want to I share with you a couple things uh, that, that uh, uh, the building won't bring. Uh, do you know that um, we'll still have to clean? You know, we don't have to clean now. Uh, we have a wonderful janitor, William. He comes in behind you and cleans up your coffee mess every week, right? We'll, we'll have to clean up our own coffee mess uh, from now on. So the, there's some cleaning. In fact, currently the staff is going to kind of handle the vacuuming and dusting of the building. Um, that might last two weeks, And we might say, forget this. Um, You know, we're going to have to mow grass that's put out there. We've got to put grass in. It's in the plan. And the city kind of said, or the county, you need to put grass here. It's got to be mowed. Um, It doesn't happen on its own. Now, at this school, there's a wonderful crew that comes in every week, every other week-ish, and they mow the grass and they take care of things at the school so it looks nice for us. We're going to have to take care of that. Hey, uh, guess what? Um... We have to pay for this building, right? And we've put together a great uh, financial plan for us. We're building a building that we can afford now. We're not building a building where we're sitting and saying, oh, Lord, just grow us 50% and we'll be able to pay for it. Uh, we're building a building that we can handle uh, now if we're faithful in our, our tithes and our building pledges. But we'll still have to pay for it, right? And take care of things. Like the lights, we'll actually get a bill for those at the end of the month. You know how that works? We don't get that now. We don't get water bills. Uh, we don't get those type of things. So we'll have to do that. I want to tell you also what the building will not do for us. This building will not reach people for Jesus Christ. I want to make sure you understand that. That this building itself will not reach people for Jesus Christ. I don't see people driving down the street, looking over at this building and going, wow, and pulling over the side of the road and and becoming a Christian right there on the spot, accepting Jesus as their Savior. Maybe, I mean, the Holy Spirit, I want to limit the Holy Spirit and what he can do. There's some crazy stories in God's Word. Um, but the building itself won't reach people for Jesus Christ. So why should we be excited about this? I want to tell you, the reason we should be excited is this is a tool. It's unlike any other tool we've currently had that God is giving us to reach people for Jesus Christ. Do you know in my shed at our house, when we do kind of a a rake up of the leaves that fall down or we cut up uh, branches and then we've got to rake up the clippings at the end, we have some of these new modern day uh, wide 
plastic rakes. You know what I'm talking about? They, they last for a little while and then they start breaking up and you got to go buy a new one. But we also have a little metal rake. It's only about this wide. It's, it's really not super useful, right? But you know why we have it? Because it's my wife's great-grandfather's rake. And it still functions. And like, like you can still do raking with it. And so we pull it out with the other rakes and we rake. Do you know what? This building is a tool to reach people for Jesus Christ. And it's going to outlive every single one of us. It'll still be here down the road. Somebody else will be able to use it for Jesus Christ and to reach people long, long after us. Warren Buffett once said this, someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And that's what we're talking about with this building. That's why we're excited. Listen, if you're sitting here today and your greatest excitement in this is that like you're one of our musicians and you don't have to actually set up each week, uh, then we're missing the mark. If you're like one of our setup team and your greatest excitement is now you don't have to set up the chairs, you know, we're missing the mark. And believe me, when I'm, I come about 6.30 most Sunday mornings, I'm looking forward to not being here at 6.30 in a blank room starting. But we're, we're, missing, we're missing the mark a bit. If you're on the finance team here and I appreciate all your work, those, and you're like, man, uh, we don't have to pay that, the school anymore uh, for this, then we're missing the mark. What it's really about is we're, we're planning a building. We're putting a building in. We're doing the work for a tool that God can use for decades and decades and decades to come. And now, just like somebody who's planting the tree, if I'm sitting under a shade tree, I can sit there and relax pretty nice. But if I'm digging and planting the tree, then it's work. And I get dirty, Right? And I have to labor and work through it. And chances are, if I put a tree in the ground and I do the work and I get dirty, I don't even get to enjoy the fruit of my labor because a tree takes a while to, be, to grow, right? I don't get to sit under the, the shade of it for a few years. It very well may be what God is saying, Windover Hills, look, I want you to work your tails off for this tool so that I can use this for decades and decades and decades to come. That's an excitement we should get into as a church. Now, uh, the building doesn't grow like a tree does, so we actually get to enjoy it the moment we get to move into it. It's going to be wonderful on that end. But what God can do is well beyond us. So, the building won't reach anybody for Jesus Christ. Do you know that the building won't love anybody where they're at? Won't love anybody. And this building, it won't offer hope to a community, and it won't offer hope to those who are on a journey that are looking for something more in life. But we can. I mean, we can do that. Like, that's what God has called us to do. So let me be personal for you for just a few moments, if you would. The First Thessalonians chapter 2, and I just want to share a little word here. Paul is writing this letter to the Thessalonica, uh, Thessalonians, uh, the church in Thessalonica, and as he writes this, he writes two letters. It's really probably one letter that got broken up, and they just found it in pieces, and so it became one and two, uh, most likely. But uh, we have it in our Bible as First Thessalonians 1, 1 Thessalonians 2. And what we find in here is this is a deeply personal letter that Paul writes. 
You see, if you read the book of, of, of Romans, you would know that Paul, like, he just gets right into the theology, right into the teaching in this letter. In this, in this book, it's very personal. In fact, it's not till chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians that we actually find anything that looks like instruction to the church. It's personal. What is that telling us? Paul has this connection with the Thessalonians. And so he's led by this in his writing of this. And this is what he says. Let's, let's take a look at, um, at this. At the, at verse 1, if you have it open, and I'll get to verse 8 there in just a minute. As you yourself know, brothers and sisters, our visit with you wasn't a waste of time. Paul's saying our, our visit with you was significant. It was important. He goes down to verse 6. He says, We didn't ask for special treatment from you, not from you or from others, although we could have thrown our own weight around as Christ's apostles. Instead, we were gentle with you like a nursing mother cares for her own children. Paul's reminding them, Hey, when I was there, um, I, I'm, I'm in a significant leadership role in the church, but I didn't use that to my advantage. When I came in, I, I didn't, as he says, throw my weight around here, throw my authority around make demands on you that you need to do this or you need to treat me in a certain way. And then he says this, verse 8, we were glad to share not only God's good news with you, but also our very lives because we cared for you so much. Paul, being deeply personal here, says to these people, we shared the gospel with you, the good news about Jesus Christ. Do you know what the good news about Jesus Christ is? What they would have heard, what the Jewish people at the time would have heard is the Messiah that you've been waiting for, the release and freedom that you've been looking for in the Messiah has come. Let me share him with you. And they shared Jesus Christ. If you read anything of Paul, or if you like to read the book of Acts, which tells the journey of Paul, kind of the history book of the New Testament, you're going to find that Paul is incredibly zealous about sharing who Jesus Christ is. There's some times where Paul is so emphatic about the way he shares Jesus that I mean, he's in full-blown debate mode, as we find when he's, in the church, or he's, when he's in Athens, long before the church was established in Athens. There's other times where Paul stood before large assemblies and he shared knowing that there was people standing right over here that were ready when he was done to take him aside and start beating the snot out of him. And they did. But here we get this deeply personal approach. With the Thessalonians, he said, look, you are so dear to me that we wanted to share the gospel. That's what I do. I travel around town by town by town, and I share the good news of Jesus Christ. But I wanted to share my life with you as well. I wanted you to know who Paul is. And whoever was traveling with Paul, he always had somebody with him. I wanted you to know us. I wanted to engage with you. In fact, we find in this passage, if we read just a little far, farther, he says, you remember, brothers and sisters, our effort and our hard work. We preached God's good news to you while we worked night and day so we wouldn't be a burden to any of you. You know what he's saying is, while I was there with you, I didn't just preach the gospel. I worked. I, I took on like a day-night job. I, I worked alongside of you so that I wouldn't be a burden I don't want you to have to take care of me, pay my bills, and, and you know, uh, take me around like a, like a celebrity or somebody that, you know, needs to be hosted. I'm going to work hard alongside of you. I'm going to share my life with you. And I'm also going to share the good news of Jesus Christ. This is a very interesting uh, passage for Paul. We don't get another time in his word where he's so deeply personal and he talks 
in this way. So let me tell you uh, personally my my own journey. Uh, When I left high school, I took a little junior high youth pastor position, 10 hours a week. I got paid $100, right, a month uh, to to work with these junior hires. Um, And I loved it. It was a blast. And I remember early on, I went to a conference where there was like a model for ministry kind of thing. You ever go to a model kind of conference where you go and they teach you a model of how to do something and then you bring it back home and maybe in your business or whatever you might be doing, you try to implement this model. So I went to a model-based youth ministry conference. And being about 21 years old at the time, I had been doing it for a couple years now, I came home and I thought, I'm just going to... I'm just going to put this model into play, these five steps. I'm going to put them into practice, and this youth ministry is going to explode. You know, it's just going to take off. I still was you know, young, and I had a little bit of this rock star mentality in the bigger, you know, the biggest youth group wins kind of mentality. And I came in and I implemented these, these five principles, right? I had my staff meeting. I said, here's what we're going to do from now on. I had them all plastered on the wall. This is what we're going to do. And I started assigning my staff, you're going to be in charge of this and this and this. And I just went across the board, right? And then I started to implement it with the, with the youth as well. Guess what happened? No growth. It went the other way. In fact, I, I learned uh, that lesson that day that the, the main thing that I never took in when I tried to implement a model was any type of personal engagement with my staff or with the youth in any way. And so guess what? I lost those personal connections. I lost what really worked for us up till now, at that point in youth ministry anyway, because I got model-oriented there. Now, that's not to say models don't work sometimes. If you're working one through in your work, maybe it's the perfect answer for you. But Paul is reminding us here that you can preach to the biggest audiences, you can have the best approach and model you want, But when you share your life with somebody, there's something incredible that happens and doors that open up to share the gospel. It took me about six months to realize what was going on in that youth ministry when we kind of said, I'm going to abandon that approach and get back on what's really part of our DNA. And I learned by the time I finished college that in my DNA is relationships. In fact, I would learn later on taking the strength finders test that one of my key top five gifting is individualization. I didn't even know what that meant when I took the test. But it means this, that when I look at a crowd, I'm looking at one right now, right? That it's hard for me to see a crowd. I see a bunch of individuals. And so when I lock on you for just a second, um, it doesn't mean you you better shape up because this points for you um, kind of thing. It, It just means that that's how my mind processes. That's how my gifting is. And so later on when I was coaching baseball and I was trying to recruit, I realized I'm not a great rah-rah guy. I'm not a good cheerleader guy where I can stand up in a big crowd and just motivate and energize and let's go and then run out the door and they follow me. But if I could sit in the living room with a family and their son and I could talk to him about the baseball program, I could talk to him about how we want to incorporate Christ into our program, uh, that's where it worked. It's sharing our lives. And what Paul is saying here is, I applied that to ministry. That instead of going in and just saying, show me the biggest stadium and fill it up, that I shared my life with you. I worked with you. We engaged together. And then I shared the good news of Jesus Christ with you as well. I wonder for us this morning, if we ask ourselves the question, why do most of us not share Jesus Christ? 
I mean, that's what statistics would tell us, that most Christians don't share Jesus Christ with anyone. Um, sometimes maybe I just, we think that it, that's the pastor's job, that's the staff, that's the leadership's job. I think, it's, I think it's more than that, though. Why do we not share Jesus Christ? A couple things that came to mind, maybe they resonate with you, is I don't want to be very preachy, right? I don't want to be preachy with people. So I, I kind of hold back pushing Jesus Christ because if I, if I do that way, I come off preachy, I come off judgmental maybe, I come off like I'm pushing something on there, and I don't want to be that. In our, in our day, in our culture, where we have seen such, um, such aggressive and I would say ineffective work sometimes from Christians and even the church in the way we push or even judge, I can see how we would want to say, I'm a little nervous about that preachy approach. Another thing that came to mind is I'm really nervous about getting into a debate, right? I just, I don't know enough. And I don't want to get into a question back and forth type of setup because I'm nervous. What if they ask me something I don't know? And I don't really want that kind of, kind of thing. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got some friends that I could debate like, like who's the greatest sports team and those type of things all day. And we'd still grow out, go out and grab a burger with and be just fine, right? There's something about this subject where debating just doesn't seem as intriguing. And then finally, I think some of us were just a little fearful of rejection. Getting rejected. What if I talk? And what if even if they're kind to me, I know I'm being rejected? Where do I go from there? What do I do? What happens to my friendship? What happens to my connection with them? Can I just give you just a little bit of hope here for just a second? Number one, you know what? God has never said you need to preach to people. Uh, he, the, the, the word actually tells us that he has empowered certain people with the gift of preaching and the gift of teaching and that type of, of form. Uh, but you're all not gifted that way, and so you don't have to do it that way. Um, so if you're thinking you have to come up with a three-point sermon, they all have to start with the same letter, and that's how you walk somebody through it, God has said, no worries. You don't have to do that. I haven't called you to that. Don't need to do it. How about debating um, there? Uh, do you know that God's word actually never calls us to be combative? Sometimes I think like we wear it like a badge of honor that we say, man, if I really offended somebody or if I got into it with somebody, I have really walked with the Lord and done a good job. Whereas sometimes the Bible says, no, you haven't. You've been a jerk. That's what, what you've been. Because the Bible didn't say, I want you to go out and be combative. Now the Bible says, stand on God's word. Hold to God's principles. Even in times where our culture might be pushing against it, hold to that. But the Bible's not saying, hey, go out and pick a fight. Now, there's times that happens. Paul shares one time, and we actually find the whole city got in a riotous atmosphere because of what's being shared. And here's the interesting thing. He never even said a word. And the whole city of Ephesus was ready to just come unglued before Paul can even say a word. Sometimes that just happens. But you know what the Word of God says? Don't go looking for a fight everywhere. You don't need to do that. It's not overly effective. So can I, can I just ease that from you? You don't have to go find a debate. And then rejection. Can I just say, sometimes it just happens. I'm talking for 20 years of Christianity that I've been rejected, right? But you know what? It happens far, far less than you think. 
the thinking and the fear is most, I'm going to get rejected every time I even, I barely get Jesus' name out of my mouth, right? I barely get, hey, we're doing an Easter thing and we're just going to get slammed and shut down. It happens much less than, than you would think. And I would guess that I've probably been rejected uh, quite a few times over the year. But the number of positives, of people saying yes, even yes to Jesus and their lives being transformed, is pretty incredible. Now can I tell you a little personal story, and, and then I want to uh, share the, the final practical of this. As many of you know, um, I, I've shared many times about uh, the gym I go to and the CrossFit stuff, and I know that for some of you, you're like, ah, yeah. Um, can I just say for a moment, I don't care? Um, can I just tell you, I went and I sat in a men's prayer group, your men's prayer group. I was with you on a Wednesday night, and since I work with the youth, I, I don't get to go there often on Wednesday nights anymore. But I had an open night. I created an open night, and I went to the men's group. And I, I transferred to a brand new gym. And so uh, as sitting there that night, the men went around and they put the chair in the middle. And if you've never been to the men's prayer group, every once in a while the chair sits in the middle and uh, a guy will sit in the chair and we'll just lay hands and we'll pray for whatever's going on. Um, so I was forced into the chair. I didn't have anything. Um, but uh, Pratchett Breeze, uh, he's not here. I can't even call him out. Um, but he set me in that chair. And as soon as my bottom hit the chair, it came to me. I said, guys, um, I'm going to a new gym now. Um, and I just worked for three years trying to find the open door God had for me at this previous gym. And I felt like just no fruit. I know seeds were planted. The Lord's work was done. The Holy Spirit can take over. There'll be other people to connect with those people down the road that will bring fruit. Know all that. But I sat in that chair that night and I said, Lord, at this new gym, I really, really would like to see some fruit. I would really love for you to use me in a a way that might bring hope to people's lives, that might open up the door for them to know you as their Savior. And, and for their lives to be radically transformed and impacted for the better. I'd love for you to use me in that atmosphere. Can I just tell you, um, that was months ago. Some of you men were sitting there, so you remember it. Months ago. December, I think it was. Since that night, um, we've, we've not had one Sunday morning where somebody from that gym didn't show up to church. We've had some times where I've, I've been back in the prayer room and I've walked out and somebody's sitting here and I was like, huh. How'd they even know I'm a pastor? (laughs) How'd they even know a church meets here? And they're sitting here in church. Can I just tell you, um, there are so many of them that I I never even offered an invite to. Um, But here's what I've been impacted with in the last year or so. Just share your life with people. Just get to know people. Share your life. Engage with them. And then see if God wouldn't just open up a door. Do you remember Just Walk Across the Room series when we talked through that series? And the goal was this, just, just walk across and talk to someone. And then see what God might be doing in the midst of it. He may never need you to say a word about Jesus Christ. He just needs you to walk over and start talking. And I've seen the fruit of that. And it's been amazing. In fact, uh, we've baptized somebody from the gym. I've talked to a couple others about baptism. It's exciting what God is doing. And so I want to ask you this morning, what's your sphere of influence? Where does God want to use you in the same way? Where does he want you to share life? Because really, so um, that's what he's calling us to do, guys. Let's just share life with people. Where, you might ask. I mean, where would we share life? Like everywhere. Like everywhere we go, everywhere we frequent, 
share life. Just share life. This week, I asked you to send me some, some pictures. Um, I just want you to watch those as I finish off and I talk practically. This is you on the screen, sharing life. That's what we're talking about. Jesus tells a story about a man who's walking down the road and he gets beat. Like, he gets knocked silly, thrown to the side of the road, and left there for dead. Some religious leaders, first a a high-ranking religious leader comes by, passes over, don't quite have time. Uh, Then kind of a, a, a temple assistant comes by, don't have time. Then Jesus tells the story of uh, that the character, this other character's third character comes up and not only stops, but he takes this man, puts him on his ride, takes him to an inn and pays up front as much as he can for this man to be made well. And he says, look, if anything, any additional charges, any medical bills, I'll go ahead and I will pay the rest when I show back up in town. He, Jesus turns to the the young man asking him a question about who's my neighbor, and Jesus flips the question and says, who do you think acted more neighborly? And of course, he said, the man, the man who offered hope. Jesus chooses the enemy of the Jewish people, a Samaritan, to describe this story. Do you know what Jesus is saying there? He's saying simply, love people always. Share Share your life with people everywhere, always, anyone. It's so easy to share our life with a family, our close friends. Share with everyone, anywhere. It's like Paul is saying this. We get to share the gospel with people. I mean, we get to share the hope of Jesus Christ with people. And we get to share our lives as well. It's like Jesus is saying to us, look, um, you got a fear of being preachy? Guess what? I don't need you to be preachy. I don't, I've got, I got some people I, I empowered that I don't need you to be that. Why don't you just share your life instead? That, that you could do. Uh, Jesus is saying that you want to be debate oriented. You don't, I don't need you to be debate oriented. I don't need you to go pick fights. What if you just kind of shared your life instead with people? So you're scared of rejection, Jesus is saying. I mean, you're really scared of like rejection. Um, I don't know if I could stand and t- say that to Jesus in the face, uh, that I'm scared of rejection when I look at his life. And Jesus is saying, not only are you not really going to be eject- rejected much, why don't you just share your life first? And, and you'll be amazed at the platform that God uses for you to go and to share. You've seen him on the screen. This is where you go. This is where you interact. This is the places you're at the most. Do you share your life in these places? Do you share your life at work, at your hobbies, with your family, with friends, wherever? Do you share your life? Because what Paul has shared with us today is, I shared my life and there was this great platform to share in the gospel. Final verse I want to share with you this morning comes from John chapter 15, verse 10. Maybe a popular one. He says, no one has greater love than this to give up one's life for one's friend. The closest word to friend uh, in the New Testament is the word neighbor. Jesus just shared the parable about the neighbor here. And I've always looked at that passage to only mean, it means like I would die for somebody. Who would I die for, right? But as I read it in the context of what Paul is saying here, we could look at it and be encouraged this morning to give up one's life, to share one's life. Share your time, share your energy, your resources, 
just share who you are with somebody else. Why? Because you never know when God might open up the door for somebody to receive the hope and the peace and the grace that he has to offer because you were willing to share your life. So this morning, I want to pray for you in this. And as I pray, I need you to pray. Because it could be this morning that you know God has been calling you to do this. Like the names just flashed through your head. The setting flashed. And yet, you've lacked a little bit of the courage or the following of God in this call. And so I want to just ask you to pray while I'm praying. To say, Lord, empower me to do this. Give me the wisdom and the discernment on how. And then I'm going to pray for you as well. So would you bow with me? Father, I thank you that we, we, can look to, we can look to an example of somebody who ministered in this way, somebody who shared the gospel, but somebody who in this very personal moment shares how dear these people had become to him. Father, I know there's people in my life as I share the gym story, those people have become dear to me, Lord. I love time with them. Lord, I love time with the Wendover Hills family as well. And Lord, there, there are these odd little times in my life where you put me in situations like the grocery store or somewhere like that where even for a moment of interaction, I have that feeling of going, wow, I really like this person. When we share our lives, just the open door of, of opening us to a new community that we can enjoy and love is there. If you've, if you've struggled in this, if you've been like, like, I just, I don't know, even know how to share Jesus Christ. I don't know how to, to evangelize. Can this morning you be of courage and of cheer to know that Paul is giving us a very practical first step. Just share your life with people. Share your life. Get to know people. Get to know people that you otherwise wouldn't get to know. Uh, be, be engaging with somebody who you otherwise wouldn't talk with. As our series weeks ago, just walk across the room and then see what God might do from there. So, Father, listen to everyone that might be praying. I pray this morning that you would send them out of here encouraged, empowered. And, Lord, uh, like me, I'm excited as all can be about the building and getting into the building and inviting people uh, and using that building as a tool. But, Father, this morning, I wonder if the question you would be asking of, of myself and us is, who are you going to invite now? Who are you going to share your life with now? Because the opportunities are all around us, even now. So Lord, send us out into that. Inspire, inspire us. Give us wisdom. Give us discernment. And Lord, would you give us great fruit as well, we pray. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Well, amen. Hey, uh, this week, if uh, this subject especially, or if there's anything that we've been talking about, like baptism coming up, and you just, you just want to chat for a little bit on, on that, uh, this is a wide open week to, to meet with you. I'd love to do that. So just shoot me a little message or write it on the card, and I'd love to spend some time with you this coming week and talking about anything you'd like would be, uh, be wonderful. I'll even buy the coffee uh, for you this week. All right. What's that? Race is kids drink, because I don't actually drink coffee. Um, so... But um, hot chocolate is an adult beverage, too. Not that kind of adult beverage. I, I'm digressing. Let's just move on. Um, hey, we're going to invite our ushers to take our uh, tithes and offering this morning. So, uh, like I said, if you, if you don't come prepared, uh, don't, 
have a checkbook, even know what that is, that's okay. Uh, use our, our website, thewindoverhills.org. That might be easier for you uh, anyway. You can do your, your tithes and offering. You can also do your, your building pledge as well on there, and uh, that'll be good. We've got a dry week, so hopefully we'll see some movement of the property. Again, if you do go out there to want to um, you know, sit and watch, I guess, if you want to hang out out there, uh, just be a little mindful of the two entrances that are there. That's where the trucks and and uh, uh, whatever else equipment will be coming in and out. So that'd be great. So, um, Usher, why don't you come and take up our our morning offering, and uh, we'll invite our praise team to send us out singing 